As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it, get 1% better every day, just get a little bit better every day. Hey, welcome back. It's Stephen Holder. I'm here with Zach Kiefer, and this is our first training camp episode of 1% Better, for this season anyway. And so we're back at it. Uh, we've had, uh, I don't know, as of this recording, Zach, what, we've had, what, three practices? Two practices, right? Yeah. Two so, practices? I, it's, yeah. it's not quite the point of training camp where I lose the day. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I don't know what I'm day it is. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Next week, don't ask me the day because I'm not going to know. Yeah. You know what happens is you just, you work all week and then you work through the weekend too. And then you just lose track. It's like, well, wait a minute. Where did the week start and end? And yeah. the answer is it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps going. So anyhow, um, this is the new and improved training camp though. This is the modern training camp where you get a day off every four days though. So there's that. So um, it's been interesting. I think we've learned a lot. Uh, you know, we, we don't know what this team's going to be yet. It's too early for that, but I think we have come away feeling like we've learned some things this week. Um, I would say let's start with the the biggest takeaway for me. I, I just think has been obviously we've all been watching Carson Wentz. And yeah. All eyes have been fixed on him as they should be because I think as he goes, so goes the Colts. So go the Colts uh, on to some degree, right? There's no question, you know, how what impact his play has on this, I guess, remains to be seen, but it's going to be a big impact. There's no question for the better or worse. And I would say day one, you may have read this or heard this, but day one, I thought Zach, you know, pretty erratic and a little up and down, but he pulled it together and I thought he finished strong. And then yesterday, I thought he was lights out yesterday. And I got to tell you, I, I like what I've seen so far. It's such a small glimpse. But I, I don't have any issue with what I've seen from Carson Wentz so far. Uh, what have been your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you. And we have to preface this by saying we've seen two days of camp. It's still July. we still got a long way to go. And yeah, I'm not saying year, get the parade ready, okay? Right. Yeah, let's be clear. No, um, he was bad to start. He was bad. I mean, he was like one of his first five. And he, he admitted later I was a little amped up. I get that. Mm-hmm. Jacob Eason had a bad day the first day, too. And it's probably nerves. He hasn't faced a defense in two years. Um, but when it comes to Carson, I think this is what you said kind of on the sideline yesterday. 
What has jumped out to me the most is how different the offense looks. Mm-hmm. And you said, I think the word like lively, like it's just going to be different. Like they're going to move this guy around. And, and I'm sure everybody out there saw the highlight play yesterday that circulated on social media. And then the Colts tweeted out like he's got Grover Stewart in his face. And maybe that's a sack, but this is training camp. So there's no sacks. And he rolls out to his right and, and just launches a bomb. And Zach Pascal beats Kenny Moore deep down the field for about a 40 yard catch. And man, I could count the number of times on one hand seen 40-yard catches last year. I, maybe I'm misremembering, but it just wasn't a big part of the offense last year and last year's training camp. And that's not a knock on Rivers because he was way more accurate than Wentz was early. But um, we're going to see movement in the pocket. We're going to see erratic plays. We're going to see, like Michael Pittman said yesterday, like late in the down, if this guy's still scrambling, you can find a way to get open. Sandlot football type stuff. So yep. it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, and Wentz was really good yesterday. He started four for five, finished, I think, seven to 13. He made a lot of different throws, a lot of more, you know, he made the deep ones. He hit Jack Doyle over the middle, and I thought Jack's lungs might collapse. It was such a hard throw. <laughs> um, and then you heard Pittman say, you know, at one point, like, he's got a cannon. Like, we're seeing that at camp. And for the fans out there that are going to make their way to Westfield in the next couple weeks, you're going to see this guy's arm. It, it stands out right away. So I've been very careful and through, throughout this whole process since Carson Wentz came along. I've been very careful to not say, oh, he's going to be better than Phillip Rivers because what am I, an idiot? Right? No, I, I don't. I'm not going to promise you that. Why the hell would I say that? What I will say, though, and I continue to say is that he's going to be very, very, very different. He is more, and I, I think after two days, I'm, I'm even more convinced in saying this. He's more Andrew Luck than anything else. Now, I am not saying he's Andrew Luck in terms of impact, but I'm just telling you in terms of style, there's no question. I mean, what that play you're talking about, that's a play Andrew Luck would make, right? 100%, that's, and that's what jumps out to me is, is I we're right about that. The offense looking different. We don't know if totally he's going to be really good or not. Not yet. But we do know the offense is going to be substantially different. I actually think this this works in their favor a little bit. I think with with Rivers, it was a little bit on autopilot with, with the offense. And that, it's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. But you're a little bit on autopilot because you know he's got the pre-snap. He's He knows where he's going with the ball probably before it's snapped. The ball is going to come out like boom, boom, boom. And, you know, it, it sort of just... Things just sort of ran very fluidly and right on schedule, and and that's great. You can move up and down the field that way. Uh, you mentioned them not having a lot of deep throws. They did have a lot of intermediate throws, which are great. Uh, but they didn't have a lot of like game breaking plays, I think, and that's that's what we saw yesterday. Now, here's the deal, though, with Carson Wentz, I think you know, with it being different, the other thing that's going to be different is not just the style, but also, I think the the level of efficiency you're going to see, right? I mean, uh, Philip Rivers, I thought that was his calling card last year was just how efficient he was, right? We didn't see the percent. ball on the ground that often, right? No. It, it was I like think we're going to see level up. stuff, right? With yeah. the ball not hitting the ground. And you're not going to see that this year. I mean, this is he's not going to come out and be some 70% passer, I don't think. He's done it before once, I think. It, was it in 18 that he did that, maybe? Or 17? But... That's not really Carson Wentz, okay? So you're going to see a guy who's going to be more up and down. It's going to be – you're going to kind of be on a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, and, and how big the, the ups and downs are is up to Carson, but it'll be a more – it will be more of a roller coaster ride. Let um, me ask you this. But I'm okay. That's fun. <laughs> okay. Do you think Frank's okay with that? Okay. Great question. 
And I know the answer. The answer is yes. He's no, there's no question. And I tell you why. Because I think he will trade the big plays for less efficiency. And you and I have talked about this too. Frank kind of shrugs at interceptions even. You Drops know what I mean? don't bother him that much either. Yeah. He, he, he looks at it like, let's just keep taking shots. And I don't mean necessarily like 40, down, 40, 40 yards down the field. I just mean like just an analogy, like boxing analogy. Keep taking shots, keep punching, yeah. and we're going to make enough plays. That's how he looks at it. And and I think he knows he's got the ability to be efficient on offense because their running game is really good. So, you know, he's not going to he, – he's going to protect Carson from himself to some extent, I think. But – but I think he knows it, 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 there'll be a little boomer bust in the in the passing game, and I don't think it bothers Frank Reich. I think he figures, you know what, if we can get Ty isolated a couple times and he hits some big plays, and and that wins us some games, the hell with it. You know, I think and you're right. I think I that's how that he too. wants to run his offense, and I think he's been, I don't know if restricted is the right word, but couldn't do that with Brissett. Didn't throw with anticipation. Rivers was very different. It was timing. It was anticipation. It was insane accuracy. Yep. In that twenty to thirty yard range. I mean, they were they were top ten in the league in those twenty yard passes, but they were bottom of the league in anything above forty. So that was the sweet spot for Rivers. Frank's really good at tailoring his offense to what his quarterback does the best, and this is his fourth different one. This one's going to look like the first one. It's going to look like what Andrew Luck did. He's not going to be Andrew Luck. Because Wentz isn't that good, I don't think. Maybe he gets there, but um, it's going to be more Sandlot. It's going to be more take shots, and and I think you're right. He can live with the drops from his receivers. He can live with the interceptions. He can't live with not putting his foot on the gas and taking those deep shots. And what Mm -hmm. you saw late in the 18 season, people forget how good Marlon Mack was. A very, very strong running game. I I would say the running game's better right now with Taylor and Mack and Hines. yeah. And then you're going to take those deep shots with Pittman, a guy we talked to yesterday, with Paris Campbell, who's looked good two days in and I think can be a big player in the offense, and T.Y. And T.Y.'s looked good too, man. He made a tough catch in traffic yesterday that not a lot of guys come down with, and he did. Um, And I think that's what Frank wants to do. We'll hear more from Frank when we get to talk to him when he gets back from COVID, but um, I think it's going to be fun, and you're going to see a little bit more of the Colts kind of I mean that's how the Eagles won their Super Bowl they didn't play it safe right even with Nick Foles they were just being uber aggressive and I think that instilled something in Frank that said and this is his words from last year after the Buffalo game that's how you win a world championship by being aggressive and that's what he's going to do this year with Carson Wentz yeah and I'll tell you something man just as a as an observer of football Hell, I love that. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. I think, let's just be honest. Okay, Phillip Rivers at 39. And, and I, I don't want anybody to walk away from this. Thing like, Why is this guy ripping Phillip Rivers? Because that's the furthest thing from the truth. I'm, I'm just t- They did what they had to do. And, and Phillip Rivers had some limitations at 39. So what did he do? It's, it's what you said a little bit ago. He, he basically maximized the other areas of his game, right? So his, his arm was, you know... 39 years old. <laughs> so what he did was he maximized efficiency, accuracy, uh, the pre-snap, you know, the the mental part of the game. He was off the charts in those areas and and he, he maximized those uh, to, you know, to turn in a pretty efficient passing game. I thought they got as much out of Phillip Rivers as I ever thought they would because I questioned it. I really did. They got way so, more out so of him did- than I thought. 
So did Chris Ballard before they signed him. Can yes. this guy still play? Is this the right fit? Yeah. All of that. Now, Frank answered those questions, and that's why he picked the new quarterback. But but the point I'm going to make, though, is that I, I do think it's what you said. I think I think you saw a different approach from Frank Reich, the play caller, as a result of that. I mean, he knows what his quarterback was capable of. It worked really well because they knew each other well and – he, there was such a trust there and, and all that. So it was it was a good combination. But this is just a very different situation for Frank. And and he does have trust with Carson, too. Now, Carson's going to have to earn some more of that after, you know, some of the, the last couple of years. But my point is, he and Frank, uh, or, or Frank with Carson Wentz as a quarterback and knowing his skill set, I think he's going to build that into his play calling. And Frank will be a different play caller as a result of that. So... I actually think you should be excited about that. And it, again, Carson has to do it, right? If he screws it up, then none of this matters. But but if it if it works and he's got his act together, I think this could be really exciting. I think it could be really fun. And and let me tell you, his supporting cast I'm is growing on me more and more by the day. I really like the skill players on this team. And I think we have to stop acting like oh, because they don't have a Julio Jones this team doesn't have enough. I, I don't think I agree with that. And let's talk about that. Um, and I'm not basing this just on the last couple of days. This is something I've been thinking about for a while. But just, I mean, when you see all those guys out there, I I don't know. I Look, I think that this is a, sometimes maybe people think less is more, you know, if you have some dominant guys. But what they don't have that. But what they have is very good players. And they have a lot of them. And I think that's uh, that's as good of a way to skin a cat as anything. What have been your impressions? Yeah, and I think, you know, I think Frank said this last year. Like, of course you want Julio Jones on your roster. Of course you want Marvin Harrison on right. your roster. So they don't have that. And they didn't really have a way to do that in the offseason. Um, so what they have is four or five really good players that aren't going to be alpha dog level. And I talked about this with Robert Mays on his podcast a couple of days ago. Can this work? Can this be enough? And I think the best case scenario for the Colts is, is one, Michael Pittman takes the next step. They believe he will. Chris Ballard is on record saying, I'm betting big on Michael Pittman. I don't think he necessarily joins the Pro Bowl level, but you saw what he could do last year at the mm-hmm. end of the year. And and I think he's I think he's got everything you want. Um, T.Y. can still play. Paris Campbell is key. We've talked about him a lot this offseason. He looks really good so far, and I know everybody out there is yelling at me saying, hey, he can't stay healthy. I know. I know. He can't stay healthy. He's missed 23 games out of 32. I know. But if he does, what if he does stay healthy? That dude can (laughs) play. I mean, it's a 50-50 shot, right? Right. We'll see. And, like, let's root for him because he's a good dude and he's been through some just awful injury luck. And then you get to, like, Zach Paschal. If Zach Paschal's your fourth receiver, you'll, you'll feel pretty damn good about that. And the other side of the coin is if this rookie tight end can step in and he's not going to have to block, he's only going to have to play like 10 or 12 snaps a game, he could catch four balls for 30, and that's a good day. If Kylan Granson is a quick study, that helps this offense immensely because this dude looks good, he looks smooth, he cuts out of his breaks quickly. Um, if he can play right away and kind of stretch the defense a little bit and give this offense something that Morley Cox hasn't been doing and Jack Doyle hasn't been doing, something they haven't really had since Eric Ebron, then I think Frank's got all the weapons he needs because you got a stud backfield with Hines 
and Taylor and Mack. And I think that collectively is enough. The key is you need Campbell to stay healthy. You need Granson to come on. You need Pittman to step up. But every team has questions to answer this time of year. And, and I think collectively, Frank can make a lot of noise with this unit. I think so too. And, and, and I think he's got, they have enough variation within those guys that I think it, it opens up some opportunities for Frank to be creative. And I mean, he's going to do that anyway, but you know, what I mean by that is look at the difference between say T.Y. and Michael Pittman, right? They, they couldn't be more different players. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think T.Y. gets a bad rap. T.Y. can do everything and has proven that. I mean, the man has been doing this for 10 years. But but certainly they're not the same, okay, right? I mean, just look at them first of all, and then their skill sets are different, all that, right? And then you've got Paris Campbell, who is also different than them. You've got Zach Pascal, who I think is is really a guy who can play all of the spots and and do it all well, and is not a specialist of any kind. So I think you have enough variation in there that, granted, yeah, you don't have. As you said, an alpha dog. You don't have an all pro. No, they don't have that. I don't know that any of these guys are ever going to be all pros. I don't know. But I think they're good enough that collectively, this is a pretty good group. I like it. And and we'll see if it's enough. But I I think coupled with what they're going to do from a play calling standpoint, the, the running game, you know, I think keeping the defense honest and then... You know, a quarterback who who's going to keep plays alive. I think you put all of that together with with a receiving core that I think is underrated, and it's I think they have the potential to be pretty good. So you know, we'll see. It's all a projection. It's all we got, and we got two days of training camp. So take it for what's worth. I think I think you mentioned this the other day. Like okay, like let's revisit this in two weeks, and let's see if if Carson has really started to to get hot. With his mm-hmm. receivers. Like, you can tell. Like, you could tell last year, Rivers and T.Y., they just were on the same page. And go back to Andrew Luck and T.Y., and those guys could just play football together in their sleep. They probably won't get to that level. Uh, we saw Carson have a much better day yesterday, but you want to start to see him really, really just start to find some guys that he knows and trusts. And what does Ballard always say? Quarterbacks throw to receivers that they trust. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to find guys that he trusts. And one guy that's at the top of my list and I wrote about him this morning, is Michael Pittman, who went to California to train with Wentz this summer, who went to Texas to train with Wentz this summer, and spent some time with him in Indy. So, you know, for a second-year receiver coming in with a new quarterback, Michael Pittman has had every chance to sort of develop a blossoming relationship with his new QB. And, um, you know, he made some plays yesterday. He embarrassed Rocky Sin on an out route yesterday um, and, and would have taken it to the house for a touchdown if it was real football. So... That guy's big. He, he moves well. That was you know, a, that was up. a beautiful like basketball move. I loved that. You know, he like he just kind of slipped away from at rock committed. Uh, he bit on one step and and Michael just slipped past him. It was just beautiful. And then for the quarterback to be in sync with that too was was really the key to that too. So th- this guy's got a little synergy going. Yeah, it's gonna be fun, and I think it's just fun to watch Michael Pittman play because he's just such a big dude. And I go back to what they said when they drafted him. It's like. We're drafting a skill set that we don't have in this room right now. Mm-hmm. He plays above the rim, and he can even do more than that. He's not just a jump ball first down guy. We saw that yesterday. It's going to be really fun to watch Carson and Pittman get that going the next couple of weeks in Westfield. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I'm going to stay on Pittman for a second because I'm going to tell you, and I, and I wrote this, you saw, uh, I, I wrote, you know, look, we, we talk and talk and talk in the off season because what the hell you want us to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, I, I wrote a, a five predictions piece. And one of the ones I threw out there, I'm very serious about this. I think Michael Pittman, by the end of this year, has an opportunity perhaps to to take hold of the number one wide receiver spot because, by the way, someone needs to because T.Y. Hilton is going to be 32 at some point. And he's not going to be here for long. He's also on one on a one year contract, by the way. He may retire. Okay, let's. I think you have to operate under the assumption that Ty may retire. He has yeah. not committed to playing beyond this year. So, and if he does play, who knows if he comes back? He, I mean, they barely got this done this year. So, yeah, you have to work under the assumption this is it for Ty Hilton. Okay, because you don't know what what 2022 holds. If that's the case, somebody's got to take the mantle. And I think the guy who is best equipped to do it, there's no question, is Michael Pittman. Because if it's not Michael Pittman, that guy may not be on this team. And that's a problem. And you know what he said about that yesterday when he was asked? He said, that's the pressure I've been looking for. I want to be that guy. So those are just words in July. He's got to back it up. But you want to hear that from your potential number one target. You know, one thing about Pittman, though, and he has demonstrated this from day one, Pittman is a guy who he walks the walk. Okay. Like you just talked about him following Carson Wentz all over the country. Okay. Like he's very serious about this. And we saw this even on the day he was drafted. What did he do? He gets drafted and he's out on the West coast. So it's a little earlier and he kisses his girlfriend. Goodbye. His, you know, now his wife, he kisses her goodbye and says, okay, I'll see you. I'm going to the field. to go work out <laughs> on draft day. Who does that? Uh, now, the guy's very, very conscientious, and he wants to be great. And I love that about him. It, maybe it doesn't come across in like his silly YouTube videos and all that. I, I get it. But this kid is a very serious football player. And I, I'm telling you, I, I really feel like he's a guy you can you can put your money on you know, to, to, to be a factor for this team. He's, he's very, very conscientious. And I, I'm telling you, I'm, I have high hopes for him. I really, I really feel, do. I feel good about that bet. If I'm putting my money on that guy, yeah. I'd feel good about that. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, here's something I was asked on 
uh, fantasy radio yesterday, <laughs> and this there's no good answer to this question because oh, no. it's, it's not what people want to hear. The running backs. Who's going to get the ball? Is Jonathan Taylor going to have 300 touches? Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, how is he going to have more touches than last year? Marlon Mack's back. <laughs> so they didn't like that answer. But I also prefaced it by saying, I have no idea how this is going to look. And I don't think necessarily Frank Reich and Marcus Brady know what it's going to look like. You know, uh, I what got a sense think? of it. I mean, Frank did okay. say in the offseason that Jonathan's the guy. He's earned the right to be the starter. I would agree with that. That's how Frank operates. Okay, Remember, but, yeah, but what does that mean? <laughs> that's what I don't have the answer to. And, and not a lot of people have noticed, but Marlon Mack's been tearing up the second team so far. Now, I know yeah. they're not tackling and et cetera. We're going to put the pads on, I think, Monday. But um, don't forget how good Marlon Mack is. And he's very different than Jonathan Taylor. And he has really, really good vision in the hole. And even Taylor mentioned that a couple days ago, and I think Naheem did as well. I don't know how you split up these carries because Jonathan Taylor is on the brink of becoming one of the best in the game. Marlon Mack is really good and can offer you the home run play. And you've got another guy who's been getting better every single year and was one of your best players in the playoff game, bar none, last year in Naheem Hines. So it's a bad, it's a good problem to have. It's a bad question to answer because <laughs> I – Tread lightly drafting Colts players on, on fantasy because I would. Frank Reich loves to spread the ball around, and I just you're going to have one guy with a great week one week, and then he's going to disappear the next, and then he's going to get hot later, and it's just it's hard to predict. Yeah, I think that you know with with Marlon Mack, one thing that I've noticed, and again they're not in pads, so take it for its worth. But but the one thing that that I think does come through, regardless of them not being in pads, is this guy is not limited right now. Because I, I thought maybe he might be. No, not at all. I don't see any limitations on Marlon Mack. Okay? If I hadn't told you he had an Achilles tear last year, you wouldn't know it. Again, you know, when you get out there in full speed and, you know, in an actual game with pads, uh, I, I think whether he's lost a step, I think we'll, that's when we'll know, I think. You know? We won't know that now. He's not getting tackled and all that. But just in terms of their usage of him and... And his ability to do everything in practice, I don't see him taking periods off and going and icing. and all. He's not doing that. He's, no. he's out there. He's out there no. the whole time. So they're very confident that Marlon Mack, at least physically, is all the way back. That is, They said that, and I still needed to see it, and it's true. It's also true for Paris Campbell, too, by the way. Uh, Paris Campbell, I've seen no limitations on him. I don't know if you've noticed, but I haven't seen any. So No, he looks good. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's um it, it's going to be pretty it's going to be pretty interesting to see how this goes um you know go moving forward. It really it, it really will be in terms of the backfield how they divvy up those carries cuz I I really don't know how you do it. I really really don't know how you do it. Um then again, I think with these guys with Frank Reich and Marcus Brady, I think really it's a game to game thing. Uh, yes. how how they attack Defenses, the matchups they look for, etc. Um, that is going to be very much a game-to-game thing. Um, so we'll see. Um, again, you talked about you know drafting Colts players in fantasy. Good luck with that, Colts fans. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to do that. <laughs> right. Uh, let's talk about our friend, um, our old friend, who's now becoming our our new friend again. Uh, COVID. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, look, we've talked a lot about this with players this week. Um, look, we're just for the record, because I know 
there are different opinions on this. Um, should we be asking players, are they vaccinated? Now, look, we're not asking. Don't, people are getting the impression that we're asking every single player if they're vaccinated. Nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, we we asked the question, I think, the first two days. Um, and and really, what what we were trying to do is to just ascertain where things were at and, and get guys on the record about where they stand with it. I think I would say the last couple of days, really, the only guy we've asked the last couple of days was uh, was Carson for obvious reasons. Right. You know, I think knowing whether the starting quarterback is vaccinated, I don't think I need to explain why that matters. Uh, but here's the deal. We know the Colts are lagging. And I think here's here is the the real world consequence of that. They got four guys on the COVID list, people. OK, four. You know, and I I don't know, you know, whether that's going to be a recurring thing, an ongoing thing. I, I can't tell you, but it's certainly I mean, listen, if you had to pick out, you know, three or four teams that you thought had the, the chance of being uh, one of the teams with a with a very long, um, very long COVID list. <laughs> this would be the one, right? There's no question about it. So, uh, you know, two, sometimes two plus two is four, <laughs> and I think we're seeing a little bit of elementary math here. Um, what do you think? Let's let's put it this way. Um, there's no way to know this, maybe Zach, but, but do you think that two things? Number one, now being here in camp, seeing the restrictions, etc. Do you think it will have any impact on on guys who have not been vaccinated? Number one and number two, um, you know, just d- I mean, is this just going to be their reality? Do you think? What, what do you think? I mean, not that you're in the you know, not it is a, it a, is going to be the CDC reality or anything, but you know, for those who don't think we should be covering this, I would argue that it's an absolutely important part of the season. And I can tell you for a fact that Jim Irsay is worried and Chris Bauer is worried and Frank Reich isn't even at practice right now because of this. So when the starting quarterback is, you know, we don't know for sure, but he declined to say, was wearing a mask, is probably unvaccinated. That's a serious issue at entering the season because if he misses a game, you go to Jacob Eason, who's been up and down in two days in camp. I mean, every fan needs to remember what happened against the Titans last year in November. They didn't have Autry, Buckner, or Taylor, and they got rolled. And they were a tiebreaker short of winning the division and having a home playoff game. So it's it's impacting the football, and that's why it's a story. Um, and, and the players have echoed that. The players have echoed the severity of this situation. DeForest Buckner was talking about that game and how much he hated sitting at home and having to watch, and that was one of the reasons he got vaccinated. You know, Jonathan Taylor is vaccinated and he was still wearing a mask because he wants to protect himself from the variant. He also had to sit home at that game. So it's a very real issue. Um, And and you look around the league and like the Seattle Seahawks are 90 of 91 players vaccinated. And the Colts, you don't even want to know. Like, I mean, this is a ballpark number, but maybe they're at 65% right now. But after final cuts, I mean... There's going to be a significant chunk of their starters that are very likely unvaccinated. Okay, and that that's an important point, and we we don't want to speculate because we don't have like a roster of who's vaccinated, right? But, right. But we have among ourselves, Zach, and you know, we've been talking about this a lot, and I think it's undeniable from all of the available evidence. I think a lot of the unvaccinated are their starters, um, and and that's a problem. That's a problem. Um, they're key players. I mean. I, and I think that I do think that their numbers could fall. I mean, we're seeing a lot of the, we think um, again from all the available evidence, it looks like a lot of their their 
more vaccinated guys or guys who may or may not be here in September. <laughs> and maybe they know that they don't need any impediments, right? So they just went ahead and got the shot because they're like, you know what, I can't afford to be on the COVID list. And right. I think that's true for, for a lot of those, you know, borderline guys. I mean, I get that. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I think, yeah, if you're a Colts fan, I wouldn't be sleeping very good. And like, if you, like, we want this to go away as much as everybody out there. I don't like, want to we talk want about these it. guys to get vaccinated so they can play, so we can cover football. Like, we just want to write about football, but we can't ignore the fact that this is a real issue. And Chris Ballard addressed the team the other night, and, and Jim Irsay addressed the team the other night, and they know what they have here. They know they have a good team. And if Carson plays well, they could possibly have a great team. And Jim Irsay's thinking late January. He wants a team that's playing into late January. Frank Reich wants that division title. They've got it all on paper. It it's just a little worrisome when you've got this COVID thing that you. The only thing we know about COVID is we can't control it. Like even now, like yeah. we thought we were out of the woodwork, the variant. Even with every you know a lot of people vaccinated, it's still like impacting our lives. So we don't know what's going to happen. But I would be concerned if I was a Colts fan. That's just the reality. That's just the reality of where we're at. Yeah. Look, and and we know that. You know, you can have breakthrough cases. Frank Reich is a breakthrough case. He's been vaccinated for months. I remember when he yep. when he got fully vaccinated. We saw him. Remember that uh, back in in May after the draft, and he was like, "Oh man, it's been so long since I've seen you guys." But um, so yeah, there's going to be breakthrough cases, and there have been other breakthrough cases in the league. But there are breakthrough cases in society, right? So that's going to happen. However, look, you, if you can reduce your chance significantly of testing positive. That's a pretty big advantage, <laughs> okay? Yeah. So you can't tell me, you cannot tell me the Seattle Seahawks, who, by the way, are coming in here pretty soon, okay? The Seattle yeah, Seahawks, won, yeah. right. So you talk about competitive advantage, right? Seahawks got to go on the road, you know, East Coast teams. Uh, that's, an, that's a disadvantage for them. But they're going to be damn near fully vaccinated. Here come the Colts, you know, barely half their roster is vaccinated. Okay, who do you think is at a competitive disadvantage there? You know what I mean? So... Again, and again, we're talking about the, the Delta variant, which from all accounts, as they're still learning about it, it is extremely contagious, okay? And the, the new reporting coming out um, yesterday and today is not good. It's extremely contagious. So my point is, I don't have any good news for you. It is what it is. You should worry about it. And when we ask these questions, you better know we're asking because this is damn important and very, very relevant to what's going on with, with this team. There's just no way around it. If you don't want to hear about it, then uh, you're, you're sticking your head in the sand because it's an issue for this team. They can say whatever they want. The players can can feel however they want. That's fine. But one thing they better not say is that it's no big deal. It is a big deal. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's our job to cover it because it impacts yeah. the season. It impacted last year. So yeah, that's so I ain't going to apologize for that. Uh, all right, so what... Um, before we get out of here, because we got to get to practice, what in the next few days, um, what are you looking for? What what do you want to see? What do you hope to find out? Is there anything particular, one or two things that you hope yeah. to see in the next few days? Uh, I'll keep it quick because we got to get up to Westfield. But um, obviously, I'm watching the quarterbacks, especially Eason. You know, obviously, we're watching Wentz, but Eason, bad day, good day. I don't think that backup job is just solidified like everyone thinks. I think he yeah. needs to have a really good camp to really earn that position. Uh, I'm anxious to see when Naheem Hines gets back on the field. Told it was a minor hip thing. Um, need him back. Darius should be back next week, I think. 
Um, but uh, it's been fun watching the cornerbacks because two of them are out. TJ Carey's out. Xavier Rhodes is out. Rocks COVID. Did really g- <laughs> yeah, COVID, like we said. You know, um, Sorry. Rock had a really good day to start, and he had a really rough day yesterday. He needs to put some good days together. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, you know, Marvell Tell looks good, and he hasn't played football in a long time. So um, I'm just kind of looking for guys to stack good days on top of each other. Yeah, no question. And I, I think the other thing is, I believe on Monday they'll be in pads, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And and what I'm looking for there is uh, I want to see how that left tackle starts to shake out when they start getting physical. And on the other side of the ball, you know, which is which goes hand in hand, uh, Quiddy Pay. You know, I want to see. Let's see what he can do. Let, let's see how he brings it. Because I asked him that the other day. Hey, when they put the pads on, do you feel like that's when you're in your element? This guy is a really physical player, and I think to get a true sense of his impact, they got to be in pads. So you know, I think that's going to be his opportunity. He's his head's swimming a little bit right now. Uh, yeah, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, but at left tackle, hey, Will Holden, he's getting a shot. Uh, for for Eric Fisher while while he's on the mend, uh, I, I'm I'm glad they're doing that as I think I was very curious to see how this would play out. They didn't just rubber stamp Sam Tevy because he's a veteran. Uh, they're giving Will Holden a crack at this, and I like that. You know what? And I think they'll give Tevy a crack at it too. He will. They'll move he them will. all in with the ones, and yeah. uh, it's it's open competition. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, the best man will win, and we'll see how that goes. So anyway, that's the update for now. Uh, there's going to be lots to talk about, and we'll be back weekly at this point. Uh, to cover it all and uh we thanks we thank you for uh following the podcast and for subscribing to the athletic lots of coverage coming so make sure you're subscribed uh to the athletic with all the good deals we have there so thanks for listening i'm Stephen holder with zach Kiefer, and this is one percent